top, 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 top of the evening to you. I'm coming to you live from my station and demographic location. It is almost 5 p.m. That's the top of the evening. And I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, although it's almost dinner time, supper time, there's never a time anywhere in your life in the day that you should not be thankful and grateful. I'm always thankful and grateful because as I've learned and lived three scores and then some, that the breaths of life has never been promised except by the promise keeper. You ever think about that sometime? You know how we live and we keep having birthdays, but there are some people who don't. And you feel this sadness. Well, let me say I do. And I often ask God, what am I still here? Because I know I've been in so many situations that I really could have been dead and gone and sleeping in my grave. You know, I remember one night I had went to my hometown my boyfriend, who eventually became my husband, he had to work for the weekend. And his work wasn't legit because he was a dealer. Yes, I said that. I had a life that I cannot erase, but I can say I live to learn. But in that, that particular night, he told me to come on down to our hometown and and we lived, well, I lived in a city about an hour and some change away at the time on the north side. So I got in my car and I drove down and and he knew I never liked having to stay in other people's places. He knew that. If I'm coming, I need to get a room. So he got me a hotel room and, and I would be there when he got off from work. But anyway, one of my friends at the time, she called me and she said, girl, you in town? I said, yes, I am. Because my boyfriend at the time had told her that I was in town. So she asked me, she said, well, can you um, come take me to the store to get some cigarettes? And I said, girl, I'm not able to drive. I've been drinking. I said, let me tell you something. That traffic was crazy. And it was the holiday. I can't remember if it was like, because um, it wasn't it wasn't cold. So I'm thinking it was somewhere around, you know, like Labor Day. I think that's what it was. And I knew that my boyfriend at the time could not come because of the type of work he did. And those was his major days to make his major dollars. So anyway... She kept pleading with me and pleading with me to come and take her to buy her some cigarettes. Now, and I know what it's like when you fiending. So I was like, oh, I know what it's like to be without cigarettes. But then me on the flip side saying, but girl, why all these people, what if I wouldn't have came? How you was going to get your cigarettes? Oh, but since you here, I don't have to bother anybody. So, you know, she kept on, she kept on. I said, I'm telling you for real, when I got off that highway with all that traffic this weekend, because it was a Friday night, I said, 
let me tell you something. When I got in the room, I took a shower and I started pouring me some shots. And I done sat here and had several shots of me some gin and juice. But, you know, a shot to me is not bare. A shot to me was, you know, mix it. And um, I said, girl, I don't think I'm able to drive. She said, ah, yes, you can. Come on, come on, come on. So the long story short, I, 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 I wobbled on out to my car, got dressed, well, I went on out there to pick her up. And on the way there, because I was at a hotel that was on the outskirts of the city limits, I had to get off what we call the farmer's market exit. And there was a little cut through street that would bring me closer to her house that I was going to cut through and take a shortcut. But listen to me, you got to hear this. On my way on that street, because it had been a little rainy, but not a lot, like a little mist. You know how the weather is misty. And I cut through the street, and because of my impairment, and I know it had to be, of drinking, and I should not have been driving. I don't know if it was in the middle of this street, which I want to estimate, you know, it might have been like three, two miles long, with nothing, 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 listen to me, but trees on both sides. Nothing but trees, debris, and bushes on both sides. Now get this. Not only was it was just trees and bushes, but there were no street lights. No lights whatsoever from even a distance. What made me drive that and listen to me? Oh my goodness, it was a dirt road. Now here I am on a dirt road. Under the influence and driving faster than I should have been because I didn't know the road. And as I got almost midway, so a mile and a half each way, there was a curve in this road that I never knew was there. I had traveled the road before, but only during the day and not that often. In this particular night, when I was bending in the curve because of the speed that I was going, before I could straighten up, I was going straight. But remember, there's no lights. I could not see that well in front of me. And I thought I was, saw myself bending in the curve because I got my bright lights on. But the next thing I knew, my car lost control. And I'm traveling on this dirt road, dirt, dark road. And I would guesstimate maybe about 55 miles per hour back then. Because, you know, I was bold and I don't know what the alcohol was telling me to to hit the gas and drive. Because I didn't pay attention. I just knew I was trying to hurry up and get through the dirt road. So I was driving fast. But when my car lost control, listen to me. All I thought about was Mary Poppins. Because it went up in the air. I've never seen a car go up in the air without intentions that high. I, all I knew to do, listen to me, y'all. I didn't know what to do. 
because I'm I'm up in the air and I could see beneath me like I'm in a little mini airplane. Hello, are you listening? And for a minute, and I don't know if it was a minute or some seconds, but I saw my life flash before me. I said to myself, I'm about to die and there's no way I'm going to survive. Because as the tr- as the as the as the car came up off the road up high, I was looking in the center of a tree like I'm in an airplane. I kid you not because I looked down and when I looked down the car for for a second, the car was way up high. Never seen anything like it. And I was headed toward nothing but a bunch of pine trees and bushes. And I said, this car is going to hit these trees just like an airplane does. And I'm going to be probably here and nobody's going to know how to find me. I'm just thinking all this stuff flashing before me. I'm about to die. All I knew to say is, God, forgive me. I know I will not survive this. I closed my eyes because I didn't want to see myself impact the tree. And I said, I'm going to die and for whatever I've done. Forgive me. The next thing I knew, when my eyes closed and I squinched, I heard the car drop. I heard it when it dropped. But the thing, what I did not realize immediately when it dropped, because my eyes was closed, I didn't feel no damage to myself. So my eyes was still closed But I could move my hand to touch my body. And when I touched my body, I realized I could feel me. So I got to still be alive. And once I did that, I eased my eyes open. And I began to look. And I looked in the front of the windshield. And it was still intact. And I began to look to the left and the right. And I realized the car was still intact. Then I started moving my feet. And I realized I could move my feet and my arms. But although the car was intact and my body parts were as well, what I did not notice until I just had to really sit there a minute, the car was embanked sideways in a ditch sideways where the driver's side door is flat on the ground in the ditch now here I am I mean not the driver's side I'm sorry the passenger side was flat in the ditch the passenger side the right side now here I am on the left side Because had I been on the right side, I don't know. But I ended up embanked 
at a, at a, at a deep slope in the ditch. And what I had to do was get out of my seatbelt, open the door, and thank God the door wasn't jammed, and I climbed out the car. And once I got out of the car, I realized I had injured my right leg. And I was limping. But this is the most scariest part, y'all. Now, I cannot run. I'm limping. And I'm midway on a dirt road where I cannot see my hand in front of me. So my mind immediately went to, oh, what if a deer out here? What if snakes are on the ground crawling across the road? Oh, my God, I can't see a thing. I did have my cell phone. And I got, and thank God for that. And I did have reception. So I called my boyfriend. And I had to call him several times for him to answer because he was out working. And he probably thought I'm just trying to disturb him. He finally answered. And I was crying. I'm like, I had a wreck, you know, in my car. And I had to leave my car. And I'm on this road and it's dark. And he was like, well, tell me where you are, Frida. And I was trying to tell him what street it was. Because nobody never hardly used that street, that road. It was literally a road. And... He said, okay, well, let me get some of the guys, and I'll come and find you. And by the time they could really find me, I had made it closer to the city limits where I could see some lights, some city lights. And I was just crying and hopping and and walking and saying, God, I thank you, God, I thank you. I was just saying, God, I thank you. I was still touching myself to see, am I real? Am I done died? And this some type of part of a dream, like, you know, they do on TV movies. And, and it's like, are you really real? Or are you just really dead and you're imagining this? I mean, I was just in my headspace like crazy. But I made it close enough to the paved highway. And then I realized where I was. And once I did that, that's when my boyfriend and some guys pulled up and they they went and they, you know, put me in the car and I, and I showed them where my car was. And, and I'm sitting there with a phobia to even go back to my car. But why am I telling you all of this today? Because life is precious. And we all may have encountered opportunities on a highway and byway. Well, we couldn't see no way. But God, he spared us. And I'm at this place and stage in life that when I reflect back over all the times that God allowed my breaths of life to continue, I refuse to hold hate, to harbor envy, Jealousy, strife, any of those things. I don't have time to give them space in my head and my heart. I'm one of those people right now that what will be will be. I just have to do the best of me. If I'm going to be the best version of me, I have to understand to be air 
is human. We've all made mistakes. We have all made mistakes. And I refuse to live in hypocrisy. I refuse to to not forgive when God has forgiven me for so many things. I refuse to live and be fueled by hate and envy and jealousy and strife. Although I've never really been big on none of those things anyway. But I refuse to not value my breaths because I could have been gone a long, long, long time ago. And one thing is God has graced me to keep living. And you're going to hear me say this on some of my platforms. Or you're going to hear me repeat this. After I passed 50 years old, it's like a lot of things changed in my life. And I began to realize that no matter how much we love people, and no matter how much we value people, some things are just a reality to air is human. That means we've all made errors. We've all made mistakes. But forgiveness is divine. There's nobody who have hurt me, and I've heard all manner of evil said against me, that I can't still forgive. I've learned that forgiveness comes with us forgiving. It's even scriptural. It says that in order for us to Be forgiven. We must forgive. There's not a person in this world. And I've heard some things that'll make me never want to speak to these people never, ever again. But my heart would not allow it. Because I want God to forgive me. And I believe in the fundamental teachings of all that the Bible has taught me. And you know why? Because it transformed my life. It really taught me how to love those that hate me. It taught me how to pray for them who wrongfully persecute me. I remember somebody had to say, pray for them people who I just told you, talking about you and what they said. I remember a time. I would have been like, you might as well save your energy and tell that to somebody else. But I had to learn, listen to me, I had to learn. And sadly, I learned the hard way. And the hard way, when you learn the hard way, trust me, it only makes it hard for you. And as I kept being graced with every breath of life, I decided, I said, Lord, I don't want to grow old. And I encounter what I don't want to let go. I am a firm believer. You reap what you sow. I'm a firm believer that what goes around comes around. I do believe however we act, whatever we do, we will see it again. And it became a part of my daily quest not to petitiously vindictively do anything to hurt anybody. It's just hard to to, to sit down and plot and plan how to hurt somebody. Because I know that the karma says when a person does that, 
Somebody's doing it for your life. And when you begin to value your life, that you don't want to look over your shoulder because you're sitting down plotting and planning things to hurt somebody, believe me when I tell you this. It's not a one-way street. As God sits high, he always looks low. And he sees everything we do. He knows every thought that we have. He knows when you are thinking something that's not right. And because he's not a man that should lie, he will place it in somebody's spirit to come against you to do the same thing that's not right. And sometimes we may think that we've gotten away. But I have a saying, you can get by, but you never get away. Everything that we do, and when you really grasp that, everything you do from your thoughts, that's wrong. That's why the word instructs us. See, that's why the Bible is my tool to keep me in check. It said, cast down even wicked imaginations. When you're sitting and thinking things that are not right, God said you're going to reap what you sow. Somebody is thinking something that's not right about you. Everything people plot and plan to do to hurt and harm, somebody is thinking about doing it to you. Believe that. And listen to me, sometimes what I call a Judah spirit, when people carry a Judah spirit, and a Judah spirit is this kind of person, the people that sell you out and point you out and do things with other people to plot and plan against you. A Judah spirit, listen how God allowed things to happen because God does not like evil. God does not like evil. He give us a choice to choose not to be evil. He give us a choice to choose not to try to hurt nobody and harm them. But Judas was so caught up in trying to come against Jesus, God let him kill his own self. And he plotted and planned to hurt Christ. For 30 pieces of silver. For money. But even that. He still had to answer to the plot. And although what he did. It came to pass. But he could never live in peace. With his own self anymore. And nobody came to kill him. He ended up killing himself. The moral to the transition of my life is this. I don't desire no hurt and no harm to nobody. Whether God give me any other breaths in life, one thing I know for certain, he gave me a lot of them. I could have died in that car that night. And there are many, many, many other instances and situations where my life could have been gone a long time ago. And I refuse to take the breast of life and be vengeful and spiteful and cruel and mean. Because God, does, did, listen y'all, 
He does not have to let us wake up and see a new day. And I got that as a teenager from my grandmother. She laid down and passed away in her sleep. Nobody should decide to hurt anybody. You know why? Because we all going to leave here one day. Who sits back and allow your heart to be so heartened and toxic and tainted that you're willing to try to do something that God has already designed for all of us, even you, even me? We all going to die. But it's worse when people take matters in their own hands. You know why? Because their death will be in hell and is tormenting. And if I had to choose in leaving this earth more than anything, because everybody has eternal life, what does that mean? No matter how much, just like what recently happened, With all those people at Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. Only our body dies, but our spirit is eternal. What does that mean? For every mean and cruel thing, you might have got by on earth, but you will never get away with it. Because there is a heaven and a hell. Believe me. Trust me. As real as their stars and moons, the stars and a moon, the planet Earth and all these other things we cannot understand that came here. You may not understand heaven and hell, just like you may not understand the planet Sanitarium or Pluto. But they're real, or even the planet Earth and how it revolves, but it's real. It's real enough to get us to understand there's a supernatural force of life way bigger than us, way beyond us. And it takes us to tap into the supernatural realm to understand that you don't ever need to hurt or harm anybody because everybody is going to answer to whatever wrong they've done. Whatever they've said. And that's why I cannot harbor unforgiveness in my heart. Because as well as I'm human and erred, so has every human that has sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Be mindful how you treat people. Be mindful of even your thoughts of the things you wish upon people. Because just as sure as every human air and breathe, we will leave here one day. And when that day comes, how much beautiful will it be if your conscience is clear that you didn't sit around and try to damage and destroy somebody else's life? Remember, your life doesn't die when your body dies. Your spirit lives on. And then it's determined where it will live on. And I don't want my spirit to live 
in hell with torment. People gashing. People fighting and brawling every day, all day. It's just tiring to even think about. If I had to, I wouldn't want to live like that on earth. For the time that I have here. You think I want to live like that forever and for what reason? Because whatever somebody did to me, when I know they're going to have to answer to it, why should I have to bother with it? Why should I have to get my hands dirty? Why should I have to be living in turmoil? We don't, people. It's a choice. Release people to God and let God deal with people. Who greater to offer vengeance? Don't have that on your pathway. Some days, let me say this, and I'm going to put a pen in this podcast. My heart hurts because I'm human. That's why I don't take for granted the next human being. Everybody hurt. And no matter how strong we talk, no matter how many people are positive, you're still going to hurt at some point in time. That's why I can't just be but nasty. Because no matter what people have done to me and against me that have caused me hurt, how do I rise above that? I tell you how. I lay on my face and I pray and I cry and I ask God to take it out of my heart. Don't let me have no bitterness. Don't let me have no bitterness. Don't let me have no bitterness. Don't let me think wrong. Don't let nothing happen to nobody that's done me wrong. But bless me to be a bigger person. And on that note, you have a beautiful, blessed day. God bless.